Hello, hockey fans, and welcome back once again to the best show in junior hockey, featuring the best hosts, the best guests, the best content in junior hockey. And the first person I have to introduce is a man who is not afraid to rock the boat. In fact, he's constantly rocking the boat because he's terrified of the water and isn't quite sure how the boat is staying on top of it. It's Dan K. Dan, welcome to the show. I certainly don't rock the boat. I get seasick, man. I've got no sea legs. And the worst is I come from a family of fishermen. You know, everybody loves the water. I get out there. And and the most I do to become one with the water is uh, is going over the side there with the stomach ache. It's not, it's not a good time. I look at the horizon. It does nothing for me. But you know what, Lucas, you said you said the best in the biz, right? We're talking best in the biz tonight. We're talking best in the biz today, this morning. Whenever you're watching today's audio podcast, the Dan K Show presents Junior Hockey. This right now, this guest, you could call him the best owner, call him the best GM, call him the best coach. You could call him just the best right now. And this is a guy who, you know what, Lucas, I made the mistake of going against myself. I said both of his organizations were going to make make natties all year long. And all of a sudden, I waffle, and I have heard it. I have heard it from everyone, and I love it. It's Ryan Crothers. 25% of the elite national championship teams will be uh, provided by Mr. Crothers, and 12.5% of the premier coach. What's happening? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Great introduction. <laughs> Come on. We do our best. We try, I try to bloviate as much as I can, but this is an easy one to do. And coach, you come into this thing before we're going to do our normal intros and everything. But before we do that, I just got to say, I mean, what is the vibe right now? I mean, you got to be working around the clock. Most teams, it's tough enough to get one group to nationals. You've got four to deal with right now. What's happening in Crothers land? It's been busy. Like you said, it's been a crazy, uh, it's been a crazy week. Uh, both teams, both organizations going, um, a lot going on. Uh, the games were super competitive, but um, a lot of the credit goes to the players and then, you know, the staffs. The staffs work tirelessly uh, to make sure that we are prepared. Uh, a lot of changes throughout the year. It's a tough year for everybody. And I know a lot of teams uh, made some roster changes towards the end, and we were no different uh, with both organizations. And getting those guys up to speed and making sure you don't lose the chemistry you had all year because both teams were performing fairly well, especially down the stretch. And, um, both staffs did an excellent job and you know, super excited to be going to nationals and have uh, four teams competing in it and uh, hopefully go home with, with two trophies somehow, some way. Yeah. And for those fans at home who don't know the Charleston colonials, the Charlotte rush, I mean, Ryan Crothers is, is the man behind the scenes here with both organizations. And the best thing about you, coach, the best thing about what you do is it's not a one man show, right? This isn't, this isn't, Crothers world you aren't the George Steinbrenner you know walking down from the booth it's you, you carry that George Steinbrenner winning mentality right not accepting less not accepting losing but you do it in a way where you empower the people working with you to succeed whether it's the players on the ice the coaches behind the bench the folks in the front office and even your broadcast teams behind the mic what is it about this this Ryan Crothers mentality and, and like, what, what are you doing out there? That's so successful. How are you finding the success? Well, I love the parallel to the, to the Yankees, as you know, huge New York Yankee fan, um, best in the business. Um, I, I try and model everything we do 
off of George Steinbrenner's team and, and what the Yankees do and the professionalism. But, um, you know, for the people that hate the Yankees, they're always mad because they buy all their players and they, and they bring in the best. Um, you can't do that at the tier three junior hockey level. But I like to try and bring in uh, and surround myself self with the best people. You know, I want to surround myself with people that are better than me at, at a lot of parts of this job. And um, I'm not af afraid of that. I love bringing in people and challenging and new ideas. And um, it's going to make us better overall. You know, there's no ego involved in that. Um, tons of confidence. Um, I think we carry ourselves with a lot of confidence um, in what we do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but it's because of the people we have behind us. You know, we're able to carry ourselves a certain way because we have the backing of the entire group. And that includes, you know, my partner, Jocelyn. Uh, Langlois, you know, uh, front office with, with Julie um, and, and like you said, broadcast teams and, and we run them all. You know, Julie works with, with both organizations and does an amazing job making sure things are ran the right way. Obviously knows firsthand, well, you know, what I expect and what I like and um, and it works, you know, and Jocelyn, had, we all have our roles. And I think that's an important thing um, when we talk in the off season or any part, it's it's role identification. And, and yeah, we, we merge, you know, at times, but for the most part, uh, we stay in our lane and uh, what we do and trust each other that you're going to do it to the best of your ability. And um, then it's the coaches and the players, and this is a development league for them as well. So I think, uh, you know, we allow our guys to make mistakes. We allow our guys to do things that, that make them better athletes. Um, and we like to control the human element of it uh, as good people and, and good students. And, um, and we don't waver from that. I think that's what makes us a little bit different. Um, it's very hard to discipline at this level, uh, whether it be your best player or you're worried about a win on a Saturday night. Um, you know, something Troy Schwab brought here, which I really like. I'm big on quotes. We got quotes every day. I'm big on words and, and more what they mean to the group. And Troy speaks about, um, you know, there's guys that, that get you in and there's guys that get you through. And I used to always say there's guys that win games on Friday nights, but they're not the same guys that win a championship on the last day. And they kind of mean the same exact thing. So as we tried to assemble these rosters, um, whether it's Charlotte, and I take that same stuff to, to Charleston, is um, trying to put together a team that gets you through. And uh, we had the core group. Uh, we had the right staffs. And uh, we found the right players. And hopefully we have the right group to get us through. We've gotten through this far. Um, but it's all about the people. And that's the only way yeah. you're going to succeed. It's a collective. So that's uh, we did a slideshow the you know the day before playoffs here, and, and one of the sides is there's no secret sauce. It's it's the people, and uh, that's kind of uh, how we base our, our organization, and we feel our culture drives it. And now, coach, I, I know you guys are down in that Carolina area, right? In that Carolina region, home of Michael Jordan, and we we got together. We spent the Super Bowl with you, Dan Casio Super Bowl retreat out here. We had, we had a, a great lot of flats. Oh man, we had a great time and. We're talking business, talking life, talking hockey. And, you know, we talk this Michael Jordan mindset. And, and one thing I love about Michael Jordan is the idea of taking it personally, right? Right. And what I saw this week from the boys who took the ice from you, not just with your Charlotte Rush side, who I got a wonderful FaceTime from after the big <laughs> win, but from the Charleston Colonial side as well. I was tagged by every single Colonials elite skater <laughs> on Instagram in the win post after they advanced. And what I love about this, you know, it's taking it personally. It, it's, it's the difference between, you know, the folks that talk about why they're the best on paper before game one and the folks who show it on the ice and tell you after the fact, hey, 
you were wrong. There's a big difference between those two. And your boys were on the right end of it this past week. And I absolutely love that. I, I tweeted about it during the weekend. My favorite thing about this time of year is when I get picks wrong. Because it means that guys looked at that pick, saw that opportunity, saw a chance to prove someone wrong, and took it. What an awesome weekend for these guys. I mean, these guys must be absolutely stoked right now to make me look like an idiot. Yeah, well, I think I think it just speaks volumes, though, about you guys. Like you and, and Lucas, like these guys, are they're all watching you, right? And they're listening to you. And, and a lot of times they're telling me before I even get a chance to listen, you know, what you two are saying and what's going on. And um, it was actually uh, <laughs> your boy Bubba Batisti had clipped it um, and sent it to – to the group that obviously the coaches aren't in and they were all fired up. And um, it was shown to me uh, walking out of my son's uh, youth hockey practice. And I said, really? Okay. Noted. I said, we'll get him. Um, and, and we did. And you know what though? Um, but it's all in good fun, right? It is. Uh, it, it did motivate the guys. And I think that shows the power of the Dan K show as well is that, um, these guys are, are looking and seeing what's going on with you two and what you're saying and either using it for a confidence boost or for uh, some motivation. And, um, you know, the Michael Jordan thing's funny. Like, there's a story about him, how he, there was some rookie that, that outscored him, and, and he made up a story that he said, uh, great game, Mike, you know, and, and Michael Jordan said he's going to score more points than him in the first half. Um, and he went out and did it, and it's finding that kind of motivation. Um, we are the same way. I think there was a lot of things um, – motivating in the Charlotte series uh, with Hampton, a lot of things, um, you know, that, that kind of drove the group and the collective, um, a lot of things that we took personal and, um, and, you know, we came out on the right side of it and that one felt really good. And then on the Charleston side, uh, motivating factor too, you know, that elite team made it last year to Boston and it got taken away from them uh, due to COVID, you know, same as the Charlotte premier, but with that group it was different. They were the underdog last year as well. And they found a way to win to, to make it to nationals and didn't get a chance to compete for it. And um, Jacob, Coach Smolovich, you know, he took that personal too and he, and he wanted an opportunity back at it. And, and he had made a promise to those guys that he would get them back there this year and, and good on him and, and Nate. They did that and they did it with both groups. Um, you know, Nate was a late hire in the summer and he asked me what the expectation was. And I said, the expectation is to win a national championship. And he's like, it's year two. And I said, no, no, I get that, but I've already done it in Charlotte. We did it in year two, um, and the expectations are the same. If they're any bit lower, then you're always going to be the stepchild to, to Charlotte. So the expectations have to be the same. I expect you to win a, a national championship. Um, and you know what? What It would be great if they played each other in the last game, and uh, I'd head home early. And, and <laughs> We'll make you stand on the broadcast with us. You'll, that's you'll right. Your coach. Just that, come up, call the game with us, have a good time. That's it. That's it. At that point, I'm leaving happy. <laughs> um, but the, both both groups, I agree. We, you know, it's it's finding that personal connection to a series or a game. And um, it was awesome to be a part of, um, you know, watching uh, yesterday, you know, at home, being able to just actually tune in to, to Charleston, be able to watch that game live uh, with no other distractions, um, you know, and, and to be a part of that game three in Charlotte on Sunday against Hampton uh, was awesome. It just, it was a really good vibe around both groups right now. You, I spoke to the coaches on the bus ride home from Florida and you could feel it on their bus and, and just being around the Charlotte guys again today, this morning at the rink. Uh, there's just something different about playoff hockey, as we all know. And um, right now, both these groups, you know, they have it going on. They, they got a good vibe. And now 
I mean, Crothers culture, folks. This is the new hashtag out there. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and it comes from Tyler Hines of Wilkes University Hockey. And, and whether it's Vincent Petrangelo, whether it's Tyler Hines, whether it's coaches around the NCAA world, when, when we announced our executive board and, and coach, you were our first name out there, the NCAA voices immediately chimed in. And it was great move, great look, great guy. The culture is what folks talk about. And it's what I've always talked about, just watching what you guys do, whether I'm interviewing Coach Jewell on the bench, almost wearing a puck to the head last season, or we're talking with you on the road as we bump in you. And this culture you guys build for the parents at home. I mean, to talk to a coach like Vincent Petrangelo, who's piecing together an organization right now with Arcadia at the NCAA Division Three level, and for him to say the first stop he made was Charlotte, the first place he went was Charlotte because he knew he needed to lay the groundwork. To hear from guys like Gary Heenan up in Utica, a team that I still, it was my early season pick for the national champion, and they should have won it if it wasn't a COVID-shortened season. To hear him talk about the Hampton Roads Whalers, who we just talked about, a very personal series for both sides, a lot of firepower in that one, a lot of vitriol. To see great players from both squads head up to Utica and now room together for the past couple of years try to win a national championship together the past couple of years, the culture, it's about winning before everything, winning before anything else. And parents, I mean, that's the importance of that is, is unrivaled. We need to test our young athletes. We need to make sure our young athletes coach. I got to talk about this before I start letting yeah. you Lucas get in the Q and a yeah. it's about making your bed every morning, right? It's about getting up and starting the day. Can you talk about that? Can you talk about how your boys start the day? and how they work through with the rush, with the Charleston Colonials, with any Crothers culture organization? Yeah, well, like you said, the culture drives our organization, and it starts every morning with your first task of the day, and that's making your bed. You know, there's a, there's a great video on it. Um, and, and what it means, you come home to a bed that you made, um, and that means more than just your sheets and your pillow. It's, it's how you go through your day and how you prepare for it, uh, and how you start your day and how you complete your tasks. So, um, so that that's kind of that has been the staple and the driving force um, is our culture. It's been unwavering. There's been some little tweaks here and there, um, but I think that's why we've built such a strong rapport with a lot of these college coaches as well. It, is they know what they're getting when somebody from our organization arrives on their campus. Um, you know, I spoke to Tyler Hines today. He was a part of uh, Wilkes University when Brett Riley built it there, and Brett Riley took you know he's at LIU now as well, and um, you know he started with the Charlotte Rush as well. You know, and he took a bunch of my guys uh, and brought them there to build his foundation. Uh, and it worked. You know, he won coach of the year in the first year. They went to the finals. They, they did a, a ton of amazing things um, with a lot of our guys because there was already a culture built. And, you know, when, when we start our day with, with making our bed, it's not um, we don't turn the blind eye to it. You know, I call the billet families. You know, I check in. I'll drive to a billet home on my way to the rink. Um, I might stop by one on the way home, knowing if I if I left before a player um, and just make sure that, that it was made and it was made the right way and uh, making sure the sheets are tight and, and it's not just thrown together. And guys don't realize it at first how important it is. And then they buy into it. You know, I was on a FaceTime with a guy that played for us in our first year. And the first thing he did on FaceTime, this was on Thursday night. He was wishing me luck before the weekend. He goes, coach, check this out. And his bed was made as tight as can be. I don't know if he did it just to show me, but 
he was so proud that that he gets up still and makes his bed every day. Um, and I think for us, it's it's that culture drives it, and nobody wants to be accountable um, if they don't do it, and it hurts the team. And we drive that message that you know the little details equal big results. And you don't want to be the guy that looks in the mirror at the end of this and goes, wow, maybe I should have made my bed or or maybe I should have, you know, put the dish away or maybe I should have said please and thank you or maybe I should have took my hat off when I was eating. Um, you know, there's just a whole bunch of little detail stuff that we feel equals a big result. And it takes a long time to build it up. And it takes a lot of, um, you know, from the coaches too, a lot of courage to to really implement it. And sometimes you can't be the most popular guy in the room and you got to make some hard decisions uh, that might cost you a game on a Saturday. And nobody likes losing, especially us. We, we thrive in winning, but we're willing to sacrifice a loss um, for a message that we feel is for the greater good. Um, I don't think any, you know, something that that stands out this year, defining moment. I think you guys were down here when I told the story was we um, the guys had messed up a small little detail. Um the day before we were going to Hampton for a Saturday, Sunday in Hampton and uh, skated them the whole day, Friday. They didn't see a puck. They didn't see anything. We don't believe in skating the team um, unless it's for disciplinary action. That, that's gone too far. It's just one of my beliefs is if we practice hard enough and we play at a pace in practice that we don't have to skate at the end. Like we don't, we don't do bag skates. Um, if we do a bag skate, you're going to know why. And, uh, and, and they knew why that day. And, you know what? We went to Hampton and we lost five one or five nothing or something crazy on that Saturday. And um, they're in the middle of like a 15, 16 game winning streak. They're on pace with the elite team uh, and it cost us our streak. And I think that was a great learning moment for this group, how quickly it could be taken away by not doing the little things. Um, so we were, you know what? We, we sacrificed a win on a Saturday um, for the greater good of the collective. And I think that's what showed this past Sunday when we beat Hampton in game three. Um, so it's those kind of defining moments you have to pull from year in and year out to prove your culture's working. Um, and it's fun. It's, it's fun to do the right thing. It's fun to get up and, and know you're a part of a group and, and, you know, the guy next to you is doing the same. Um, and for us, the result is not just winning, but it's guys committing to college. It's guys having success at the college level. You looked this past week, a lot of our alumni had great weeks at the college ranks, uh, you look at their GPAs, you, you look at some of the academic awards they're getting. And to us, that's that's the culture, too. It's, you know, we check their schoolwork every Thursday. If it's not done, they don't play on the weekend. It's unwavering. Um, and again, you know, it takes the proper staff and the right leadership to be willing to enforce it and stay up with it. And uh, we're fortunate that we have that in both organizations right now. And, uh, you know, what? it's it's to us it's no um, surprise that we're still playing today and we'll be playing for a national championship. We have a lot more to come folks. We've got a ton of conversation left to have, but right now we've got a little Jay and silent Bob with the Dan and Lucas Jones talking quotas right now. So I got to get to the Q and a when the smart guy comes in, asks all the intelligent questions and <laughs> I get to come back and talk about the fun stuff. Lucas use that big brain. What you got coming at us next in the Q&A? What if you could naturally improve your sleep and fight snoring just by drinking water? Introducing Remastered Sleep, the first water bottle designed to fight snoring and provide a natural way to better sleep. This is not just an advertisement. This is a personal recommendation. I was part of the study trial and began to feel the benefits in just a few weeks. I continue to use Remastered Sleep to help me get restful sleep even on long road trips. 
Head to RemasteredSleep.com to find out more information and use the code DANKSHOW10 to get 10% off your purchase. Remastered Sleep, aspiring to make healthy easy. Well, I actually wanted to start off with uh, a quick story because, uh, Coach, you talking about the the making your bed sort of reminded me was that my my grandpa was a sergeant in the army during the Korean War, and he always used to tell me a story about how he, when he was uh, lower rank, his sergeant would come around and check all the beds before they did anything in the morning, and he'd bounce a quarter off it, and if the quarter didn't bounce, he'd tear the whole bed apart and he'd force you to make it again. Well, one time one of the guys was a little bit too sarcastic at how or smug i should say about how tightly he'd made the bed so the sergeant asked him for a quarter and he didn't have one on him so then he ripped all the sheets off the bed and said start again and go find me a quarter uh so i feel like i feel like there's there's a practical lesson in the making of bed but it's also like you said it's down to the details it forces it forces a detail-oriented brain and hockey is is certainly a game of details. Um, I might be around with a quarter tomorrow before I get the drink. <laughs> <laughs> the guys are really going to love you some more. Oh, a hundred percent. They're going to be the best bed makers, uh, best bed makers South of Virginia at that point. Uh, right. Certainly blame that one on me. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get to the details a little bit here because you had a, you didn't have an easy opening weekend. I know when uh, this weekend, when Dan was trying to pass off the Hampton Roads Whalers as a huge underdog pick. Uh, when everyone knows that the Hampton Roads Whalers are a tough team any day of the week. Um, and that's who you had to beat to get through. Uh, and, uh, so talk about at the premier and the elite level as well. Was the competition, did you notice like an, an uptick? You always talk about playoff hockey being a little bit different. Did it feel like sort of another day at the rink? What's that first round energy like? Yeah. First round is always tough. I think, I think one thing we took into consideration with this group is, um, you know, we, we study we like to study our opponent. Um, I think it's super crucial um, to know everything you can about them and, and what's going on. And um, but I think it's more important to have a, a good touch and a good feel an intimate feel for your group. And, you know, we we were going into with a lineup, um, you know, at the elite level with only five two thousands. Um, and I think only four at the premier level. We're super young. Um, and that could be a good thing and a bad thing. I think traditionally in this league, the teams that are older have had the success. Um, you know, we weren't going to find any 20 year olds to come in at this point. So we, we had to really know our group um, and we had to feed off. They're kind of young and don't know enough to know anything yet. And we had to keep that vibe in the locker room. I, I speak about, you know, emotions and vibes and, um, you know, you're, you're kind of manipulating uh, young adults brains here to believe in something. And uh we wanted to make sure it was upbeat. It was electric. Um, it was energy. Uh, and we have that all the time around our group, but there, I just felt it couldn't be too much. Uh, oh boy, it's playoffs. Oh boy, it's Hampton. It had to be, you know, oh, it's the rush. Oh, it's exciting. It's energetic. It's, you know, they don't know enough to know anything at all. So um, that was our plan going into it. We just wanted to have, like we called it an electric factory. We wanted it to be loud. We wanted it to, um, you know, our team, they, they talk a lot. Um, you know, we wanted to keep that going. We wanted to just keep that energy alive and well. Um, but you walk into the rink and me and, you know, Troy and Trevor and, and Ray are talking and are you nervous? Yeah, you're nervous because you don't know what to expect. And it's that playoff vibe. And I thought we had a great start with both teams on Friday. Both teams came out um, with that energy and that electricity and, and that identity that we had and um, quickly nerves subsided. Um and both teams had an excellent game on 
on Friday night. I don't think at any point in that game, anything was in question from our end. Uh, but again, with a young group, uh, we had a few injuries too, especially at the premier level. We had to switch out three, you know, three defensemen over the weekend, which is almost half your decor. Um, so you have to be built for the playoffs. And, and I spoke to you guys about that too, is um, I believe third and fourth lines win championships and uh, you have to be deep. And we made a lot of moves um, right at the deadline before rosters froze to, to bring in defensemen. Um, we saw a shortage there to begin with, and we knew we had some a little bit of injuries. Um, so I thought it was crucial to go out and find some D and we ended up bringing in four, um, which is a lot. Um, and it could hurt you, but we, we thought we needed it. And, and we're lucky we did because we had to go to, to almost everybody in the bullpen um, this weekend, which shows our depth. But Saturday, I think at the premier level, Hampton punched us in the face. Um, you know, we knew they weren't going to go down easy by any means, but I don't think we were ready for that, that push they gave us. Um, they were flying. Um, they were fast. They wanted it more. You could tell their season was on the line. Um, there's a lot of history over there. there. There's a lot of bad blood since we've come into the league. I think um, they've been the, the top of the league for a long time. Um, they do a good job over there. And then I think once we came in, there was almost a, a 1A and a 1B, and we we're always fighting for, for dominance in the league. Um, and it's healthy and it's good. Uh, and it's a real rivalry. Um, so they came out and they pushed, you know, and they pushed hard and, and they got us, you know, and then we had a goal. The game was out of reach going into the third. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, you never want to say it's over, but it, it was over as over as it could be. All we had to do, um, we wanted to send a message um, for the following day. And we said we wanted to score three goals. We felt if we could get three goals past them, that should be enough, enough doubt with the amount of goals we scored the day before. Um, and we got three. And, and that, that was super important for us. We talked about it going into Sunday's game three. We wanted to get three and we got three. We didn't care how many we gave up. Uh, we would have hung a guy at the far blue line if we had to. We just wanted them to know that we could score um, because we think we're a high-powered offense that can score. So we got the three. Uh, we gave up three, but we didn't care about that. We wanted to dictate and control what we could control, and we wanted to control scoring three goals on, on their goaltender to put some doubt in. Um, and then – Sunday uh, was just, we talked about the electric factory. Our elite team was out. Um, they had already won. So they were there. They had air horns. Um, you know, we switched rinks. We switched. We usually play, play on the training rink. We, we took it to the main rink where we practice every single day. Um, again, manipulating young minds. Um, it worked out well with the rink schedule and everything going on um, for us to move over to the main rink. And, uh, you know, I do take my players' opinions. Um, I love talking to my players. I love having that relationship. I think that's something you guys could see when you're down here. Um, as much as I'm coach and, and kind of the alpha, um, I love getting the opinion of my players. I think it's important. So <clears throat> I called Bubba uh, and Merckx and said, what do you guys think? I also presented them with the same option before, you know, the playoffs started if we wanted to go to the main rink and they wanted to stay at the training rink. But um, <clears throat> they both said, yep, let's do it. I said, I just got a good feeling. We go where we're at every day. And I said, um, I give our team a really hard time uh, when they don't perform well on the weekends. I tell them I find peace and solace and that we're a great practice team. We're the best practice team in the country. Um, and that's the only thing. And the guys laugh at it. But that was our message, you know, going in, kind of keeping that mind frame that we're the very best, especially on that main rink uh, at Extreme Ice Center. And 
that elite team got us fired up. They had the air horns and the banners and they were, it was so loud. I've never heard the place that loud. And we came out uh, and we scored early and we scored often. And, and then, you know, next thing you know, it's five, nothing. And uh, the guys were just feeling it. And, um, you know, it was uh, exciting to be a part of that series. That was a personal series. We take it super personal. Um, there was a lot that went on uh, leading up to that series. And uh, to come out on top at both levels against a, an organization that's been pretty dominant. Um, and let's not forget they're hosting next week nationals. That motivation over there um, had to be through the roof. I mean, to be able to play in nationals in your home rink, um, you know, and you guys said it's, that was no one against four seed either. I mean, roster no. turnovers and COVID and just – Organization against organization. That was Red Sox, Yankees. You know, that was the best of the best. And, um, you know, to come out on top at both levels says a lot about our group. Um, and a lot went into it. And now we're going to their building and playing for a national championship. And and they're not at both levels is, um, is special because I think it actually weighed heavier on our guys' minds um, that, hey, like, you know what? Like, these guys get a chance to play at home. They like they were thinking about it too much. Um, it was a late switch on location. So it's just funny at this level, there's so many things that change on a daily basis. You got to find a way to connect to your players. And um, it was a fun series to be a part of in Charlotte. Yeah. And, and now, you know, we, we move towards a discussion about nationals. A um, little bit of a different format, right? It's, it's not going to be three games against one team. You're going to have to get through pool play, then advance out of that. Uh, I think there's two aspects at play here. And for the folks who may be new to the USPHL, um, especially new to the format in this season, you are going to have to go through pool play. You are going to have to then battle it out in the semifinals and then eventually get to the finals. And there, there are a couple of things that weigh heavy on that. One thing you touched on earlier was the age of the team, right? And in pool play scenarios, you often see that the older teams do well, the more experienced teams do well, not just because you're playing against the best teams in the country, but also you're playing in a little bit of a new format. It's not about winning or losing. It's about keeping that goal differential tight. It's about scoring goals, right? It's about trying to get a tie if you can. So the priorities are a little different. The second part of this and a conversation that I feel like not enough people are having because it's a little little touchy, a little uncomfortable to have is that this is a season unlike any other. And there are a lot of players and a lot of roster moves that wouldn't you wouldn't normally see throughout the season, especially since the new year, since January one. How does that affect your preparation? So normally you get a chance to really look at a team and study them. When you get into pool play, especially with some last minute moves, changing rosters throughout the last couple of months and having a young team, does that make this pool play any different? Do you have to tackle this differently? Or is it just an extension of this winning electric factory mentality? Yeah, it changes everything. You're right. I think you brought up a lot of good points. Um, you know, the tie really cost us a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we swept our first round with Charlotte. We went up to pool play and uh, we won two games and we tied one and we didn't get in because of goal differential. Um, you know, so it's different. You know, I don't like it. I'll be the first to say it here. I think... Um, I understand the point behind it. We get more teams on the national showcase. So there's more kids that get viewed and that's ultimately why we do this. Um, but I think there should be some sort of, whether it's a shootout, which I don't think is the best way either, but the end in a tie, when you don't play ties the entire season, 
um, that doesn't sit well. Um, I, th- I don't think I'm the only one that, that sits. I, I understand it, but I think there's got to be a better way. That's something as owners, we got to figure out um, because, you know, these kids work extremely hard. That was devastating for that group. So I've been on the bad side of it, um, which is a good thing now, right? You talk about being able to educate your players. Um, it's super important now. And, and we learn from our mistakes. Um, so, you know, in terms of game plan and preparation, you know, we say here all the time, um, a goal without a plan is a dream. Um, and for us, if, if our dream is to, to win a championship, then we have to have a plan. So we're watching video of everyone we could possibly play. We have scouting reports on every possible team. And you know what? Um, Friday, there'll be a team that we've done hours and hours of homework on that will no longer be playing. Um, but that's our job. Our job is to get as much information as we can on our opponent and give only the important stuff to our guys. You know, it's our job to do all the legwork. It's our job to do all the studying. It's our job to prepare for the exam. And it's our job to give them the cheat sheet for the exam. You know, they don't need to to know that we watch 750 breakouts or 42 face-offs. They need to trust that this little one-sheeter and these six, seven, eight clips of them is all you need to know to be ready for the exam. And and we'll go out at each opponent um, the same way we do throughout the year. Um, Then we'll put in all that work. And that work, um, we won't be talking about all the time we wasted. We'll be talking about how great the investment was when we win. And um, with a young group, sometimes less is more. Um, So we'll give them the clips they need on the opponent. Uh, We'll do our homework, we'll study. And hopefully we pass the exam, you know, when we play. And like you said, I think I think something that comes into play is that goal differential too, right? So I think it's um, – we've talked internally, you know, what's the number, right? What's the number you get to? And, and then you hopefully – hopefully you're in the lead, obviously. And then where do you – where do you pull up and protect? And where do you hit the gas? And I think that's going to change throughout the weekend. Um, so you got to be prepared. But, you know, our game plan will be, you know, when you have five games in five days is tough. We don't have, I mean, our fourth line, you know, scored a goal between his legs on a breakaway, you know, bar down. You know, you yeah. have <laughs> Elijah Devereaux on your fourth line. I think he's a first line guy pretty much anywhere else in the league. Um, you know, Ethan DeMumrum's been a beast. Uh, you know, Drew Iannucci. You know, our third line, you know, you talk about the college relationship with Charlotte. You know, we have a bunch of boys up at SUNY Canton, right? And all of a sudden, you know, they have an age-eligible guy in Sam Martin and their season's canceled. Well, where do they send them? They send them to Charlotte to play. And, you know, Sam Martin's been huge for our locker room and, and huge for our third line. Um, you know, and we got the Manitoba boys that we shipped in and they're, uh, they've been great, um, you know, just hungry to play. You talk about having legs, you know, we brought in, five, six, seven guys from Manitoba and Toronto who haven't played all year, right? So they don't have the bumps and bruises. So when you're trying to draw on the positives, yeah, they might not be up to speed system-wise. It's our job to educate them again. Uh, but it's no different than trading for someone at the trade deadline. We just look at it as we were able to trade for seven healthy bodies that haven't played all year and are hungry to win and hungry to play and hungry to play more games. And the only way they could play more games is if they win. Uh, so again, it goes back to the mindset. It's whatever, whatever you're driving, you know, we, we did some team builders, a lot of team builders um, to get these guys into the culture and make them feel like the guy next to them 
you know, he's willing to do anything he can for him. You know, and we talk about the, the right wolf and the wrong wolf and which one you feed and which one wins. Well, it's the one that you feed. So if you feed the positive one and the energetic one and you feed that wolf, that wolf wins. If you feed the, oh, I don't really care. I wasn't really on the team all year. You know, then then the wrong wolf's going to win. So for us, we've had this mindset of feeding the right wolf and uh, it's been working and our guys have bought into it and we've got these new hashtags and they're all over our sweatshirts and they're, they're all over the place. And it's um, it's fun group to be a part of now. They've really come together in the last three weeks. Um, and I think winning this series against Hampton only stamped it, especially in, in three games. And I think our elite team, what Troy's done with that group is, is just remarkable. Um, so young. Um, and you look at our family and our organization. I know I'm going on about it, but I'm passionate about it. You look at the guys that they just saw a greater good and and what was better for their development too. Like Luke Dobles was a captain at the premier level. And he says, you know what? I see all the D that are in here now. And I kind of see what my role would be. I want to go out as a captain of a championship team. I want to play elite. Okay, Luke, go ahead. You're still in the family. Everyone wins, you know, um, a lot of guys in that elite team, you know, Blake Vaca, Matt Lohan, Jensen Lopez, Ivan Korsak. I mean, the list goes on and on. Hunter Price, who's committed to Arcadia. These guys were all on our elite team because they just see the bigger picture of they could be impact players. Um, they could help the younger guys. They could help the organization win. And top to bottom, I mean, it's one family now. And, um, you know, it's super special. And I think we're really prepared um, and really confident going into this thing from a Charlotte Rush perspective. Um because of all these things we've done away from the rink and then more importantly, the winning we did this past weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the most interesting things about this is, you know, you talk about the way that your team builds and you talk about the rivalries you have and, you know, on the surface, well, not, not even a little bit below the surface, I think, especially to the fans in Charlotte and in Hampton, uh, you know, Richmond and Carolina is there are huge rivalries in the Southeast. But as I, as I, Look at you. Obviously, we're we're on a audio podcast. The folks at home can. As you wear that Southeast Showcase sweatshirt, you know it reminds me of that. At the end of the day, you are all representing that Southeast division, right? And we we find the same mentality in this Florida division. To an extent, you guys are are peas in similar pods. You know, you're you're representing these regions of the country that have been unfairly branded, and coming out to show everybody that the South knows hockey, the South can play hockey and the South can play hockey better than you. And I think that's a mentality that drives a lot of what you guys do. Um, so I, 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 I'm kind of interested to hear your perspective as a Southeast coach GM owner heading to a Southeast rink to yes, win a champ, try to win a championship for your team or one of your teams participating, but go to a Southeast rink in Virginia and then bring a trophy farther south and keep that trophy there all season long. That's got to be special for you as a representative of Southern hockey. Absolutely. I think it's a great point you brought up. I think we're all passionate about our divisions. Um, you know, and I think a lot of leagues are, but when you talk about previous champions, I mean, you'll walk in the Hampton roads and, and you, you know, you'll see all the banners they are right there for you to see. Um, it's very impressive what they have done. And then you walk in the Richmond and see their banner and you walk in our rank and see our banner. And you look at the standings and you look at the um, interdivision play right over the years. And 
Um, I think everyone knows the Southeast um, takes pride in being the best and winning. Um, you know, we laughed about it today because, uh, and I told you guys before we got on here, you know, we're going to practice in Hampton Roads um, on Wednesday to get prepared, right? And it's like, uh, you know, the guys are asking, like, do you think Hampton cancels our ice? Do you think they give us a, a bad locker room? <laughs> um, do you think we get there and we miss the practice? And, and I said, guys, like, we're all competitive and we are. And I think Austin Hampton have some bad blood and, and that's no secret. Um, but we all use it in the off season, like we're all working together. And even the guys in Florida and you talk to Frank Scarpacci and obviously I own Charleston too. And Jocelyn's got, um, you know, the, the hurricanes and you talk to all these programs. We use that as recruiting factors, right? Like I use the fact that we play, in my opinion, the best division and I draw on Hampton's championships. You know, I draw on Richmond, I draw on us. Um, you know, you look at our, our standings this year, it was unbelievable, the parity. Everyone was beating everybody. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I think there is a lot of pride in the Southeast Division, especially that the trophies stay in our division. Um, and it's personal. And as much as we go at each other, I think we all work extremely well together for the greater good of the league uh, and for the players. And I think from a divisional standpoint, um, you hit it right on the head. It's it's uh, a pride factor, and we are not taking that lightly. We we know we represent um, not just the Charlotte Rush or the Charleston Colonials, but this region, and we want to keep the trophies right where they are and keep you know raising the banners. And we don't want to see them out. And no offense to John Schwartz and his guys, I love John, but like I don't want a trophy or a banner out. That does no good for me at all. I don't play those guys unless it's the final. So for me to talk to a recruit. And tell them that, hey, you're going to be playing the best teams weekend and week out. You're going to be getting Hampton and then Carolina and then Richmond back-to-back weekends. And it's like there's no break in our schedule at all. Zero. Um, you know, Charleston just swept Charlotte. You guys were in town. Super yep. Bowl weekend, you know. Here we are thinking it's going to be a, a great weekend with our St. Baldrick's event and everything. And the only good hockey game in town was the CPH game. Um <laughs> Hey, that was the most watched hockey game in town too. Come that's on. right. That's right. <laughs> and it wasn't because of my uh, amazing squirts. It was the uh, the show you guys put on. But it um, this yeah the the divisional um, I guess responsibility to keep it here. It's there and it's real. And um, you know we're excited to represent our division and um, at both levels and excited for Charleston to represent the Florida division and. Like you said, the Southeast, we, you know, even though our divisions call that and there's the Florida, we do kind of represent as one. And that's what we're excited about, that we feel there's enough good teams in Florida and enough good teams in our division that that we have the greatest opportunity to bring home both trophies. And coach, I mean, you look at this season, I, I, I keep harping on it, but it's incredible to watch four organizations all making the march on the nationals here and as you get ready for this thing, I have to talk about Bubba with you. All right. I, I got to talk about Bubba on the Charlotte Premier side. This netminders faced 951 shots. To put that in perspective for the folks at home, there's only four other netminders who have faced more than Bubba. His saves percentage is at least 20% better than any of those four above him. <laughs> Anyone below him within 20 spots and shots on goal. 20% differential there as well. 
it's unbelievable. It's unreal. He's faced 951 shots. He's got a 938 saves percentage. He's got nine shutouts. Anybody <laughs> in that shots face total in the top 20 has no more than three. He's got nine. He's got a 184 goals against average. This guy's 25 wins under his belt. And he's a great kid. We got a chance to follow around with him during the St. Baldrick's event. We got a chance to chat with him in the locker room there before we went out to cover a great weekend of rush hockey. Coach, can you talk about Bubba? Can you talk about David Battisti in net, out of net, working with the young CPH squad that you work with at the 10U level? Just, I mean, just how good is Bubba? <clears throat> Bubba's one of the best human beings I've had the, the privilege to coach. It, it's real. Uh, it's real. It's authentic. He um, He's a better person than he is a goalie, even with those crazy stats you just threw at me. Um, he's just a great human being. He, um, you know, we want, we always talk about it when we recruit is we want good people and, and we take, we'll take some gambles on some guys and feel our culture will get them to, to where we feel they need to be. But, you know, we, we really thrive on the guys that are good human beings. He was a captain of his high school hockey team as a goalie, um, had a conversation with him. Matt Dibble is, is completely responsible for, for bringing him, uh, to the front, a New York kid. He's our director of scouting. I don't think Matt gets enough credit for all he does. If you go through this roster, somehow, some way, his fingerprints are on almost everybody on here. Um, the only one we blitzed him with was when when we did the Manitoba influx here. And uh, he's like, what is going on? He's like, just trust us, man. He's like, okay. Um, but his fingerprints are all over it, and they're all over Bubba. Um, he, he's solely responsible for bringing him here, and, and thank God he did. Um, I guess if you ever looked at my plus minus as a player, you could tell we're an offensively driven uh, hockey team. And uh, those 900 and whatever saves, I, I bet you half of them are breakaways or three on those. Um, <laughs> we leave them out there to dry and he's so athletic and confident. And, um, you know, he reminds me of John Aureliano, who we had, who was our goalie when we won the championship. Um, he's, he's, he's bigger and, and don't tell John, but he's better. Um, but he has the same similarities. Like we were getting off the bench on Saturday after Hampton beat us. And I think Bubba gave up for, uh, whenever we took him out. Uh, and he like gave me a, like a pound, like, like we were buddies from the hood. Um, he's like, he's like, you know, we're winning tomorrow. Right. I was like, yeah, no doubt. We're, we're laughing, walking to the locker room. And, um, that guy makes you put your head on the pillow and sleep easy at night. Cause you know, he's back there. I mean, I have, zero worries. Um, he always comes prepared. Um, but it's his human element. It's his demeanor. You know, he wears an A for us maybe not on his sweater, but, but he is a captain and he's at youth practice every day, you know, Thursday, day before, uh, the playoffs, you know, he's out there on, on all fours, teaching my squared goalie, how to control rebounds. And, um, he never turns it off. It's real. And, uh, I love being around them. I love talking with them. I, I have a very good relationship with them, which I think is important with your starting goalie. Um, it, it's, it's challenging. We, uh, we push each other's buttons on the ice too during practice. And, um, I just love the chemistry I have with him. Um, <clears throat> and it's important and it infects the whole team. I mean, everyone can play their game knowing he's back there and, uh, it's a day in and day out thing. And, um, as much as you love him, I think we, we love him even more. Um, he has such a bright future in this game. Uh, you know, I don't know where he ends up next year. Um, he's a hundred percent, a tier two goalie, uh, at any level. And he's a division one kid every day of the week. Um, he checks every box from human being to, 
to student um, and then to athlete. And uh, I'll do whatever I can to get him there. But he's uh, he's been really special. Yeah, and just to add to the ridiculous superlatives on his stats there, of the top 20 saves made netminders in the USPHL Premier, only three have a sub three goals against average and a 1.84 for Bubba. It's it's unreal. I mean, for, for the folks at home, you see so much success in this game. And, you know, it's tough to be a netminder who doesn't see a lot, of, a lot of shots. It's just tough to be a goaltender. It's the only position with the stat of win or loss, right? right? You don't, as you're a left winger, you don't lose a game and get the L. You don't see <laughs> that in the record. Your team could be right. 0 and 49, but I might have 48 goals on the season. I might look pretty good. Right. But the idea is a netminder. I mean, you're out there alone. Bubba continues to do it. He's got the mindset for it. His kid's an absolute winner for those of you watching home. And coach, you mentioned Dibs. You mentioned I mean, he slid into my DMs this weekend to send me that awesome video you guys put out. With the uh, th- there's blood in the water, yeah. And he, he gave the old thumbs up and a smiley face. I went, I'm I'm a little worried. I'm yeah, a little Dibs, worried. This is a wild card. He's a guy like be careful on social media too. Like he's not a guy you run at. <laughs> um, he's uh, what's cool. He'll be in uh, he'll be in Hampton Roads as well. Um, he's flying in on Thursday and he'll be there all weekend. You guys will have a chance to to chat with him. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, he deserves um more than more than I give him. Um, because he's up in Buffalo and Rochester and he's just, um, just tirelessly working to improve our roster, uh, year in and year out. Um, the guys have a great relationship with him. You know, he texts me on Sunday night. Um, he goes, you know what? I just went through both rosters and every single guy has pretty much either text me, congrats, let's do this together. Or, um, the guys know how important he is. And, and I think, um, it's good for the public to know that too. He's the best in the business. Um, he gets great guys here, great human beings, and um, we trust his eye and, and we trust his character recommendation. Um, and he's honest. I think that's the most important thing. He'll he'll give us a guy that's maybe not ready to play at this level, but he's got such a great eye for talent. You know, he'll say, Charlie Merkley's a great one. You know, I think, you know, he's responsible for having Merck's here. And Merck scored one goal last year, you know, yep. and Dibs is like, if – if he gets with you and Troy on an offensive side of things, he is going to just take off. Like he's going to have a burst out season and, and that's what Chuck needs. And I mean, I, I think he scored a hat trick in almost every game in, in the month of, you know, January, February, whatever it was. Um, and, and it's worked. So like, that's a huge piece for your director of scouting. Uh, and not a lot of teams have a director of scouting, you know, and I think that goes back to what Lucas, we talked about when we started too, is like, so people you surround yourself with, um, yep. we're not here without Matt Dibble and Matt Dibble, you know, uh, we trust his eye. And if he says a guy is going to be landing in Charlotte on Tuesday, I need someone to pick him up. And he's got an allergy to this. He needs to be in this bill at home. We just do it. Um, cause that's that trust factor we have. And Ty York, I mean, Ty York, you know, Dibs got here somehow. And after, uh, 48 hours. Ty was a little homesick. Never been away from home. He's a 2004 birth year. Um, Dibs is like, Hey, like grab a bunch of guys, take them bowling, do something like he'll be fine. Let's figure this out. And now Ty York is the loudest freaking voice in the locker room. <laughs> Character. He's just, um, again, it goes back to trust and your people. And, uh, like, as we talk about this, I keep naming names again, like Dibble's fingerprints are all over this roster. And, uh, you know, we want to get him a championship 
Uh, we want to get him two championships, and, and that's our goal with him in the building this weekend or next yeah. weekend. If it were possible, I know you would go for four championships, but just two will be raised. That, that's yeah, that's all you can get. Fine. We were joking <laughs> today, like, two's fine. We'll take two. I, mean, yeah. I don't think there's any more. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll take the two, and hopefully that's the case. And I don't think we've talked about Charleston enough, and I know – I think everyone knows, you know, my – I'm in Charlotte, right? It's it's my baby. It's what I built. I'm passionate about it. I'm coaching the premier team. Um, but I, I don't think we can take for granted all that Charleston's done and, and the coaches there. And um, they've had a tough year too. They've had roster turnover. They've had the COVID. They had some really bad injuries. I mean, Nate at the premier level's lost. He's lost Hamill as best forward, in my opinion. You know, he lost Ryan Bystrom, who was his top D um, for part of the year. Um, Blake Mons, who, you know, one of his, you know, 1A, 1B goaltenders, you know, was out sick a few times this year. So it's just um, they've done a great job of, of managing and finding a way. And um, we've brought in a, a bunch of players over there. You know, they um, they picked up players that were were in Charlotte um, for a long part of the year and they took them. And you know what? We put those players out to the entire league and there wasn't many bites. And um, you know what? I talked to Jacob and Nate and said this might be something worth looking into. I, I think if the guys are willing to do it, now that it's gone out to the whole league, everyone's had a chance to take them. It's not like a Charlotte to Charleston <laughs> trade. Um, I think these guys help us because you got some injuries and you got some guys out. And, um, you know, I'm watching the game on Saturday and at the elite level and, and Blake Witowski wearing a C for, for Jacob's elite team. And I'd text him like mid period. I'm like, did you put a C on Witowski's jersey? He's like, yeah. I was like, remember two weeks ago when you're like, I don't know. I said, now he's a captain of your team. Like, I think that's a really cool moment for us, um, myself and Jocelyn, because it's that culture is moving over um, to Charleston as well. Um, And not that we want both programs to be, you know, exactly the same. They have to have their different flavor and flair. and And I think our coaches are different and different personalities, but we want our core values to be the same and we're not going to waver from that. And uh, I think having guys that have lived through it here um, to bring it over there uh, helps. And I think it's helped those guys a lot as well. And um, like I said, if both teams play each other in the finals, I'll be up with you guys. We'll just have a great day and <laughs> some hardware on the way out. Heck we'll call, we'll go all wireless Lucas. We'll be on the benches. You know, we'll each take a bench and we <laughs> and coach can just bounce between them. We can do the whole thing. I'll go between the benches. <laughs> That's it. We'll make you Pierre for the round. That's it. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, man, that Charleston team has been so fun to watch. We've had a lot of fun covering them. And and for the folks at home, the biggest thing that I pay attention to is when I walk into a rink, when I walk into a showcase, when we're kind of bouncing around these places, we can all we can all see what's happening on the ice, whether we're a scout, whether we're a broadcaster, whether we're Coach Crothers. I mean, we can we can see what's happening on the ice. We can see talent. But there's so much, especially at, when you're a college coach, and you're about to invite this player onto your campus. You're going to have to keep an eye on this guy. You need to trust he's going to get through four years of schooling, get his education, and succeed on the ice. You need to know who the person is. And if there's one thing I have always been floored by, Coach, it is the, the personalities you guys have and the people you create. I walked in. First, I walk into the Southeast Showcase, and I meet these Charleston, Charleston players. We had the elite premier guys surrounding us when we walked in socially distanced but so, like yeah. coming up to us just to thank us for what we do to say hello to introduce themselves to talk about 
what we what our power rankings were going to look like coming up to to make sure we had everything we needed on our trip down to Charleston, their hometown. Then we walk into Charlotte, and not only did the guys come say hello to us, every one of the guys say hello to your broadcast team every time they walk by. Hey, sir, how's it going? How's your day going? Hope you have a good one. And and I mean, to see to have these guys walk up, the sir, the hello, the 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 handshake. You know, it's there is a level of respect that I have for what you guys do. And, and if I'm a parent out there. And, and I'm looking for the next place for my kid to play. I'm not just getting a great hockey player back when I send my kid to Charlotte. I'm not just getting a great hockey player back when I send my kid to Charleston. I'm getting a, an even better person. I'm getting a kid that's ready to make it in the world, whether they're going to do it on the ice or off. And coach, I really got to hand it to you for that. It's it's why we we brought you onto the executive board here. It's why we put this thing together. Is guys like yourself who we want to tout. We want to show people the right way. And, and coach, you're doing it in spades. And and that's something I know in this game, we don't like to congratulate ourselves. I like yep. to do it for me, but I <laughs> will congratulate you this go around. I mean, I mean, incredible work being done by you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, that means a lot. That means more to us than wins and losses. And and I think that's where we start with our culture and foundation. And, um, you know, we, we, you know how it is now. Kids are on their phones all the time. They're, they're socially uh, inept. They're not, um, like we were, you know, they don't knock on somebody's door and ask them if they want to go play or have a catch, right? They, they text and they have a virtual catch on their phone. It's, it's crazy. Um, when I took my youth team to Atlanta on our bus this year, I took all their phones and iPads away. And <clears throat> for the first 40 minutes, they didn't know what to do. It's like, just kids, like, you know, it's, um, and these kids are no different at the junior level. So, you know, we, we talk about, you look somebody in the eye and you say hello and you walk past them and you say goodbye. And, you know, when they walk in the rink, um, I don't care if they walk past the, the lady or, or the guy at the front desk five times. You better say hello. How's your day going? What's going on? Good to see you. I'll be right back in. You acknowledge people that you walk past and you carry yourself. Um, and that's always a cool thing to see as the year progresses. It's it's funny, too, you know, the making the bed. And, and we talk about you wear your hat, the direction you want your life to go. Um, so we do no backwards hats in the rink or hotels or anything like that. And um, it's funny. You'll sit a kid you'll catch him for the third time wearing his hat while he's eating or you know <clears throat> we'll be hiding out and see that he doesn't say hello to somebody and mom or dad will call and you know i can't believe i'm paying all this money or whatever it is and and he he didn't have his hat on he made a mistake and just say hey it's our culture it's on un, it's unwavering so i'm sorry you feel that way there's 950 other tier three teams you could go play for but i can promise you he'll be better off for it it's one game like he'll be fine um and then you get the calls at Christmas. What'd you do to my son? He, he cleared the dinner table. I went up to his room and his bed was made. And why was he up by nine o'clock? And, you know, it's so that part's really cool for us because at the end of the day, this game ends for all of us at some point. A lot of what, you know, what I drive with our culture is because of mistakes I made in my own career. It's not because I'm, a, I'm above everything or I, I don't make mistakes. I make mistakes daily in my life. Um, and what I try and do is limit the amount of mistakes these kids will make in their lives. And um, hopefully I've made enough of them. I'm sure I have um, so that they can learn from them and they don't have to make those. And that's kind of where it all drives from. And uh, I think we're better off for it. So I appreciate that you guys notice it. Um, that means a lot because that means we're doing something right because we're not there all the time. Um, we're not there to see all the hellos and we're not there um, to get all the, wow, your, your team is super respectful. We'll get the email here and there, but we live in a world now, as we all know, everyone thrives on the negative and the misery loves company. So I appreciate you guys saying that about both of our programs. And uh, that means a lot.
And coach, we appreciate you. And we, we announced this executive board for the fans at home who we've been kind of educating on this. I mean, it's, it's our executive board that we're putting together. It's we're calling it our Avengers. You know, we, we see this game, Lucas and I, and we see opportunity to really put players first and that's our goal. And we are trying to piece together our superhero team right now, whether it's at the NCAA level, whether it's at the junior hockey level, whether it's in the broadcasting world, we are putting together our super team right now. And, and coach, this all, we were, we were sitting down at Super Bowl Sunday talking about this and talking through this. And we, we love the work you do. I mean, the winning, the idea, I mean, you sold me just on the fact that we're both Yankee fans. You know what I mean? I mean, us pompous Yankees fans, we like to win. We don't accept less. We know we're going to be good at it. <laughs> that's it. So that's I, it. I'm, I'm fired up for this endeavor. I'll let you keep going, but this is something that's going to be really cool for all of us. So. Yeah. And, but coach, I mean, we look at this and, I mean, what what was it for you when, when you looked at the Dan K show? I mean, we we joked about it. We started off year, a couple of years back. I mean, this started as, as a chirp fest on social media where you guys <laughs> thought we hated you. And it, and it was always, you know, ah, these guys love Hampton Roads. We were the Red Sox to your Yankees yeah, at you a were. time. But the point is, we sat down, we talked, and the idea is, I mean, we have it, – it's lockstep, right? It's the same idea. It's the mentality of the player first. It's creating the next level. And in a game that so many times skews away from putting the player first, in a business model that at times can put dollars ahead of the, the development, put dollars ahead of the, the right experience, the best experience for a player, we see folks like you, we see folks like Jim Hankel of the Connecticut Junior Rangers, we see folks who are willing to kind of put themselves out there to make sure that this game is done the right way. I mean, for you, what was it that, that, that sold you back on the Dan K show here? It was, uh, well, you started picking us finally. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? Um, I'm always observing and seeing what's going on. And I see the effect that you guys have had. Um, you know, when, when I first came in the league and you guys were picking Hampton, you know, left, right, and center, um, I'm like, who are these two clowns? What are these guys doing? Um, but listen, I, I see the effect you have on the athlete. And that's what that's what drives me to, to be around you guys and and when you guys brought this idea, um, there's so much more we're going to do together right now that I'm a part of this board with you guys as well. And it's not because I'm going to do it. It's just that our ideas and visions align. And I think we're a little bit crazy. Like, I think, um, I think we're going to do some things that, you know, will blow people away, um, when it comes to this. And that's what, that's what drives me. Like, uh, <laughs> we talked about it when you're here, right? Like it's just causing chaos and stuff. And I think that's, um, I, I just can't sit still like, like Monday was supposed to be an off day and I can't sit still. I got to do something. Thank God the colonials were playing, but just always looking to do something and get a competitive edge and, and whatever it is, like, I just want to be around people that think like that and have that type of energy. And, and you guys have that um, and you have it for something that I'm super passionate about. And that's affecting young, young kids lives and, and making them better people and maybe putting them on a path or showcasing talents that they might not have gotten before uh, and giving them opportunities that they wouldn't have gotten before. And I think you guys highlight that. Like I, I look at you guys, um, you know, and, and I see, and I hear the players talking about you and I see them liking messages or not liking messages or commenting and telling me they're going to say something to you that I tell them they shouldn't say, um, or <laughs> saying, you know what, like Dan K picked us, you know, like, here we go. We got those guys. Like you guys are in town the life of the party um 
so like to me, it's, you know, you guys are a huge asset to our players and our game. Um, and the ideas you have are amazing. And if I could help in any way, um, and I think I can, and I think a lot of these executive board members and some of these people, like we, we are assembling something. Um, I don't know if we're the Avengers. I don't know what we are, <laughs> but it's, um, I'm sitting there on a zoom with RC like two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, two weeks before that we're screaming at each other, but it's, <laughs> we all have the same vision, right. You know, um, you know, Brad Jones is now, you know, part of the, uh, this whole thing, you know, and me and Brad, Brad Jones have had some heated conversations in the last 10 days, but I think when we all sit back and look at it, what we're doing here, there's a greater good than, than maybe what our egos are or, or what we are. And, um, I'm excited to be a part of this. I think we're just scratching the surface. I think what's transpired in the last month, uh, two weeks, you know, a week um, for you guys and some exciting things that I think will roll out as this executive board and with you guys at the forefront, um, the players are going to be enhanced for it. And that's what I'm all about. So uh, I'm excited to do this with you guys and, and excited to start, you know, once this nationals is over, we can start rolling out some pretty creative ideas. Well, uh, we got we got a company dinner here. We got a on Dan K. We're gonna all get we're gonna get the crew together here. Get the Avengers together down in Virginia. We'll have to before everyone gets too heated. I was we get say, we'll, have to, we'll have to do that before things get real heated. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it on St. Patrick's Day. I'll find a place that we can get some corned beef. Everyone will be filled hey, with corned beef. Hampton's got nothing to worry about. Brad Jones doesn't have to worry. Nothing's. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you turn the knife, right there. That's I had to throw it in there. This dinner, we're going to be like the real housewives. That's going to be what we are. We're going to be screaming <laughs> at each other, flipping tables. It's going to be absolutely great. You talk about crazy. I mean, coach, I mean, I'm crazy about what you're doing. I know Lucas is as well. And if there was one thing I was crazy at, it was school. I was I was a little crazy in school. And Coach Crothers, the work that they're doing in Charlotte and Charleston, they're putting that classroom first and ensuring that their players get the job done. We go to our resident academic expert, our educational mastermind. Mr. Smart Guy, the man who Dan Kay may or may not have cheated off of a bit in high school French. Parlez-vous, Lucas Jones. Uh, every every week you seem to find a new French phrase that trickles back into the, the front of the brain there, Dan. But, uh, you know, we record this podcast. It is now 1045 p.m. Eastern time, uh, mostly because I I tutor very late into the night and I just finished tutoring today. So finished about six and a half, seven hours of tutoring and logged on to do this, this podcast. And one of the things that struck me, I think working today and also a little bit last week, and it's something that Coach Crothers touched on, is that some players and some people, and it extends beyond the young people, um, have forgotten how to exist in person. They've forgotten how to talk to people, uh, interact with people. And I think in an academic sense, it comes out not just in your interactions, but in your writing. And so I'm going to give everyone a very critical, hard-nosed piece of advice here. Uh, no platitudes today. Uh, I'm going to give you the two most important college classes you'll ever take, regardless of major, whether you want to be a chemical engineer or a history teacher or an underwater basket weaver you should take public speaking and creative writing because public speaking is an invaluable asset to anyone for anyone in any situation, whether you're trying to hold the attention of one person at a job interview or 10 people at a seminar, or if you succeed in your chosen profession, a hundred people, a thousand people, you need to be able to interact with people on a personal 
level. And that takes a lot of work, just like everything else. So go to a public speaking class. And the second thing, creative writing. I promise I'm not an old fogey. I'm just 30 years old, but I've seen a little bit of a decline in the writing skills of the Utes over the last couple of years. And, and I think the two things go hand in hand. We've, we've done so much work to expand creatively uh, the, the minds of young people, but we've forgotten how important it is to just be able to write a clear opinion, to express thoughts on paper clearly, to write in a way that is not only technically proficient, but is creatively engaging. Um, so there you have it. My educational corner today, the two most important college classes you'll ever take, public speaking, creative writing, don't skip out on them. I love it, Lucas. I mean, you look at look at me. I, I speak for a living. I, I've been in broadcasting. I I went to school and got three different degrees and all of them centered around me speaking until people wanted me to stop. <laughs> and I still, when I had the opportunity, I've taken two managerial level public speaking courses since I got out of school just to, you can never hone the craft enough. And you look at all the people that make big waves in this world, they, they can speak, they can speak their mind, they can get a message across and they can move a room. And I mean, even for guys who want to be a coach, you want to be a coach behind the bench one day, you have to stand in front of that room. You have to be able to speak. If you get out there and you're just stumbling over your words, you don't know how to put a piece together and the guys aren't going to listen. The room's not going to move and you are not going to create what you are trying to create. And, and public speaking it's invaluable. It's unbelievable. And I, I can't, I can't say it enough for a guy who has a uh, zero vocabulary and is confused most of his life. I've made it a long way, Lucas. I'm just being able to speak, just being able to talk. I can talk my way at anything. Well, really the key is, is being, being so good at talking, not that you get paid to talk, but that somebody pays you to stop talking. That's where the real money's made. Honestly, that's what I'm trying to get to at this point. <laughs> this is some of our crazy ideas. I want to be everywhere. Let's go. Face on billboard. board. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And coach, we talked to our inaugural executive board member here, our first, Ryan Crothers, again. Four opportunities to make nationals. Four teams make nationals. 25% of the elite national championships will be Crothers squads. 12.5% of the premier Ryan Crothers squads. We'll see if he plays himself. We'll see if the pools work out in that, in that way. But coach, an incredible job by you. I mean, normally I ask people why, why play for their organization. I, I could tell people for a million years why. I'm going to have you go with your parting words here for today. Each podcast we end with our parting words. What are Ryan Crothers' parting words for the fans on today's show? Uh, well, most importantly, I just want to thank everyone, both in Charleston and, and Charlotte, for, for an amazing year, uh, especially our billet homes and our billet families. They had to open up their doors during COVID, and I think I could speak for, for every junior team in, in our league. Um, you know, I want to thank the billet families. Without them, we don't have teams. And uh, to be able to open up their doors to a bunch of junior hockey players during COVID um, says a lot about um, our communities and, and the backing that we get, um, you know, and I want to thank them. Thank you guys for, for your continued support of our league uh, and most importantly, our players. And um, you know what? I tell these guys all the time, our coaches staffs, and, and I'll part with those words is uh, make a difference in someone's life each day. And uh, I think you guys are doing that and I'm, I'm living up to that. And, and we try and do that as well here. And I look forward to seeing you guys at nationals. Um, 
Saturday, Charleston does play Charlotte uh, at the elite level. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, hopefully those percentages play into my favor. And uh, we're all standing together on uh, Monday collecting two pieces of hardware. So I look forward to seeing you guys in, in a week or so. I'm not going to ask you the question that if a tie got both of them in, what would happen? I'm not bringing it up. I'm not even throwing it out there. I'm not going to put tie, it in. If a tie got both of them in? <laughs> do they both just – do they take a knee and just run the clock out? Is that... I, well, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I think you guys know me well enough, and I think everyone in this league does. I think there'll be zero shots on goal, and you can either cancel the ice and save the money, or <laughs> that game is ending in a tie. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And my parting words this week, a nice little quote here. Coach talked about how much he loves quotes, and here's one I love. It's champions don't show up to get everything they want. They show up to give everything they have. And that is something heading into the national championships for our NCDC players heading into the first round of the postseason this weekend. Champions don't show up to get everything they want. They show up to give everything they have. The way you win a title is brick by brick, the same way you build a house. You got to lay a foundation. You don't just show up on championship Monday and raise a cup, especially in a five-day pool play semifinal championship game format. It's every day. It's every moment. Every second will count in nationals. Bring your best every moment. We thank everyone for watching. We tell you it's postseason time, baby. It's playoff time. It's Natty's time. It's time to get a boat. It's time to go find yourself a ship. It's time to go sailing for titles. I can't wait. The last thing I close out with, International Women's Day just passed, and I want to give a shout-out to Julie Crothers, the brains behind everything in the Charleston Colonials and Charlotte Rush organizations. We got a chance to, to chat with Julie while we were down in Charlotte as well, whether it's the Carolina premiere, whether it's Charlotte, whether it's Charleston, the work she does behind the scenes, social media on the business side, making sure that we got paid before we left. Everything, everything that she does is incredible. And, you know, it's Ryan, it's sometimes the, those unsung heroes, you know, and, and for Julie, she is someone who needs no praise. She does it. She works hard every day. She's a champion off yeah. the ice as well. And, I mean, it's got to be amazing having her support each and every day out there. You know what? She didn't want to post on social media yesterday, so she didn't She didn't get a bump there. But um, I know she'll be ecstatic about you guys giving it to her. Um, she allows me to live out my dream every single day. Um, she, I did take a public speaking class that she couldn't do for me, but I think a lot of my creative writing pieces might have come from her as well. Um, <laughs> but she does. She supports this thing. She's the backbone of both organizations and the youth, but more importantly, the backbone of our family here and allowing me um, to be able to really be a kid and, and, and coach hockey and be around uh, teenagers every single day and, and shaping them. And um, without her, the, these organizations don't operate like the New York Yankees from a front office standpoint. She's on point with everything that she does. And uh, we're very lucky to, to have that backing so that we could focus on the hockey side of things. So I appreciate uh you're saying that about Julie, and she'll be there uh, all week long making sure our guys are taken care of. She's more than welcome to the steak dinner. We're going to have Dan K. Budget. It's a Dan K. Budget meeting. We're getting some dinners going. Oh, <laughs> Dan K., Lucas Jones, we thank our partners. Remastered Sleep, it is the water bottle of 
your dreams. With just a sip, you can fight snoring. This water bottle is magnifioso. It's wonderful. It's incredible. En français, c'est incroyable. As Lucas shakes his head, thank God it's an audio podcast. You cannot see his disgust with my poor French. But Remastered Sleep, you go to remasteredsleep.com. Dan K Show 10, get 10% off your water bottle now. So easy. My ma's doing it. My ma's doing it. She's taking a water bottle. She never wants to drink water. She's doing it now. And it's awesome. USPHL.com, the premier playing experience. We also, Elite Junior Profiles, that's EliteJRProfiles.com. Put that wonderful little pizzazz on your recruiting profile. Take your recruiting profile to the next level, not just for your hockey player. You got a volleyball player, baseball player, softball player, a track and field runner, anything. You bring them to EliteJuniorProfiles.com. Take their profile to the next level right there, EliteJRProfiles.com. When Dan K's on the mic, it's always hockey night. Follow us at the underscore Dan K Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or go to www.dankshow.com to see what crazy things the executive board cooks up next.